0: We'll <laughs> be Try number 17 and we're back so like i was saying last time before the broadcast got messed up after a long layoff we're back chris on assignment very busy with concerts and we got jeff ponder to fill in for us thanks jeff yes and uh, i
1: just want to point out that chris is on assignment trying to hold a coke with his boobs
0: I, uh, did you see that just on his page or was yeah, that just, I just okay. literally
1: just saw that on his Facebook page <laughs>
0: okay so that's apparently I I was, a new
1: challenge that's
0: a, I guess apparently that's the new ice bucket challenge well, oh. well, or something Chris found on a random website and put on his Facebook page
1: well good for Chris I hope he uh, successfully holds a coke
0: with his boobs yeah <laughs> well he <laughs> uh, can I'll let you look, look at look at that picture and you can tell me what it looks like then. Uh, so, I'm good man I'm good oh, good I'm not well, okay. paid that good. Yeah, we're good. So for this uh so this week's podcast we're going to try to catch up on everything that's happened. Unfortunately, it's not that much. Uh a couple of uh, uh signing, but a front office signing, then an on-ice signing, a prospect signing and a coach signing. So a bunch of signing news this week. Jeff's going to give us his thoughts on the Blues playoff exit and how sad it is and uh yeah, we'll go over that stuff. So that's about this week's agenda. I so think the
1: most important getting into this week is uh, what has happened with Keenan's castaways.
0: Yeah, yes. Our uh, <laughs> our floor hockey team had their first defeat in, what, 18, 19 games, something like that? It was 18 games, Chris said. Yeah, and we got smoked. <laughs> it was 9-3. Yeah. to three. It was it was not fun. and A lot of angry people. I think the last time reasons.
1: I played was when you guys had a three-game winning streak. It was the start of that streak. Yeah. And uh then I come come in and play in your eighteenth game of that streak or nineteenth or whatever it would be.
0: Whatever it was, yeah.
1: And uh you guys lose. So yeah. uh shows you you should probably blame me.
0: Yeah, so that's where I think we pretty much went with it. So yeah, pretty much good. we 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 reassigned you to the minors for conditioning. So
1: Oh, awesome. Okay. So, so is the minors ice hockey?
0: Yeah, pretty, yeah, I don't know of, I think we're the minors per se. So I'm
1: fine with that. I'll, I'll play the minors ice hockey.
0: Yeah, he'll go with the minors <laughs> ice hockey. So, yeah, I need to start I want to start playing again, so it might have to happen. One so, day,
1: my friend, I got plenty of equipment. Come on over.
0: I might have to start doing that cuz I need to get some uh I'll get some skates cuz my skates I think are too small cuz I haven't played in a long time. I'm thinking about anything.
1: freezing out in my basement and just making my basement an ice rink.
0: You should. That yeah, be have legal. Yeah, I mean, well, it's definitely not, you know, legal, but it's probably safe.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. So anyway, our big wrap up there for our. I mean, Chris usually fill people in on, but all good. So
1: that's the only I reason I tune in for the podcast.
0: Yeah, I know. He after this, the first five minutes, you're out, You're like, all right, we're, we're, I don't care what the Blues about. did. Who cares what the Blues did? <laughs> hey, at least in the playoffs, we didn't choke. Oh,
1: that's oh, that's a good point though.
0: So. As Blues fans well know, Blues are pr- currently on some kind of golf link, playing a round or two, and they were eliminated by the Minnesota Wild four games to two. Um, so, I, uh, as we move on, date wise, we're recording on the 30th of May. Uh, the big hubbub last night was Ben Bishop with the shutout to make Tampa Bay go to the Stanley Cup finals. So, we had to hear all the people complaining about um, Ben Bishop leaving the blues and he saw him and so forth. So I had to, I had to stop looking at Facebook and Twitter for a couple of days.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I'll tell you right now, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I still am on Twitter. I'm still on a, you know, kind of trolling some of the message boards just to see what people are saying. But I got to tell you, man, I've taken a big step back, especially now with Ben Bishop, uh, doing what he's doing. Uh, people freaking out about the trade. And I mean, it's, I like the people that are talking about how cool it is to see a St. Louis kid going this far, but at the That's same time, I think I'm
0: taking it as is, like, it's somebody from St. Louis that I'll be honest. Uh, I scored a goal up Ben Bishop. That's my only semi claim to fame. Nice. It was roller hockey. And he, he probably didn't so really you're care. Saying, you're saying the Rangers could have used you. That's And if you want to look at it that way, we'll say yes.
1: Okay. Well, okay. They, they missed their golden chance.
0: Yeah, he's going to put me on line with uh, Stepan and Nash. and He could be the new triplets line.
1: Dude, if you played on that line for 82 games, you
0: better score at least five goals. I could get five goals, I think, out of that one. Okay, well, good. So, so you're
1: not that bad of a skater.
0: No, I, I think I can do decent skating. Like I said, a year from now, I'm challenging your son to a skate-off.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward I, to that.
0: And uh, I'm putting money on him right now. So. He'll probably outskate me by then, so we'll I see. Think, I think so. He's no, but energy.
1: back, back to the Ben Bishop thing. I mean, I, I just, you know, it, it's cool to see him do it. And I'm very, very happy to call him a St. Louis kid. I've met him multiple times, uh, whether, yeah, it's nice six, guy. yeah I mean, wh- whether it's, you know, through the media or it, it's six flags. I mean, a uh, uh, quick story that I always go to with him is, uh, my buddy went to school with him and, okay. uh, graduated for, was a Chaminade, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, he, uh, He's, we saw him at six flags and it was the, God, it was like 10 days after he was drafted by the blues. And I saw him I go, Oh my gosh, that's Ben Bishop. And my buddy who knew him was just started yelling, big bish, big bish. And he turns around and he's getting ready to get on. I think it was the big kahuna, the, the yes. ride at uh, the water park. Yes. And um, he stops the guys. Oh, hang on, hang on. Cause the guy's getting ready to like push him down. He climbs out, comes up, shakes my buddy's hand. And he's just like, hey, how are you? And, and my buddy's like, oh, it's good to see you. And he's like, hey, man, thanks for getting me through math class. Apparently, my buddy, he cheated off my buddy like all year in math class. <laughs> and awesome, uh, So he like shook all of our hands, and, you know, we congratulated him on getting drafted. And he was so nice. And the whole time, all of his buddies are in this raft going, come on, let's go, man, let's go. So he climbs in, and, you know, he, he shoots down, and my buddy goes – I have never talked to him once. He's like, the only time we talk is when he kind of like nudges me to, you know, show my paper a little better. And, and I'm telling you this story is it's funny, but it's also shows the kind of person he is. He's a great guy. And it's, it's really good to see. And uh, that's what we need to be focusing on is the St. Louis kid moving forward. Not the guy, the blues traded for a draft pick.
0: Yeah. I'm focused on uh, I would really like to see my uh, fellow, uh, Floor hockey companion, uh, Pat Maroon make it to the finals as well. You
1: know that that is annoying me too. With people who are like, "Why didn't the Blues draft him?" And
0: so, he like, was He so so
1: was pretty low drafted, what, yeah, He was what a fifth round pick. Yeah, you know, like what are the Blues supposed to draft every St. Louis kid? Why didn't they draft me? You know, our, you never know. Our, I could have turned out to be something.
0: Or Chris Butler, you know. So I mean, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I hate when people say that too, just because. Well, if this thing of Canada did that, like nobody would be, be playing. <laughs> yeah, you know. No kidding. You know, so it's it is what it is. So uh, let's get just a quick hit on what you thought of the Minnesota Blues series. Just kind of a general wrap up. Well, Pretty much probably uh, the same thing as most people say, but I want your opinion though.
1: Well, and and um, you know, I've kind of uh, voiced my opinion a little more now that I'm not in the media. But uh, basically, something I felt for years is uh, I'm on the I'm on the. Bandwagon of there needs to be a change in culture and a change in voice. Um, we'll talk about Hitchcock here in a bit, but um, I do not have a problem with Ken Hitchcock. You look at where this team came from uh, before he was uh, he was the coach, and you know they the results were not great. I mean, Davis Payne had a lot of injuries to deal with, but uh, once Hitchcock stepped in, this team completely turned a corner. I mean, it was instant. It was an instant change that we saw from this team. Uh, I can't remember what exactly the record was that first season he came in, but they started out six and seven. And then under him, I want to say they lost seven or eight games the rest of the year. I mean, they were unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So that, uh, you know, and I not know that was a couple of years ago and coaches lose their voice, but I still think they play well under him. Uh, the problem to me is there's a, there's a, divide in the locker room, I really think. And I'm not, I'm not speaking too much out of personal experience, but, um, you know, we, we all heard what Paul Stastny said. Do a you, is, of, it, is
0: it the rumored new core versus the old core? It, may, it makes feel, it feels like a wrestling storyline to me.
1: Yeah, it kind of does. Um, no, but Stastny said a couple, couple months ago about the whole thing with this team gets really down on themselves when they lose. And it's true. You can see it. I mean, you just watch the – just go back and watch some of the postgame – conferences after they lose a game uh, on the Blues website and it's just astounding to hear some of the things these guys are just the way they're carrying themselves yes you need to not be you know still playing loud music and you know celebrating after a loss but you the way these guys look after a loss it just feels like they just lost game seven of the Stanley Cup final I mean it's it's bad it's not a good thing and, and I think that needs to change I'm I've been under the impression that, you know, I'd like to see one of the old core guys moved. I don't think we need to see a complete overhaul like a lot of Blues fans are asking for, but, you know, between Backus, Oshie, Berglund, um, I want to include Jackman, but I think he could be gone either way. I think he's gone either way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think one of those guys needs to go, and it's not because they're – bad players for any reason. It's just you as a GM and, and as a management staff, you have to prove to these players they're not safe. I mean, I know that people said they've already done that with Perron, but you look at the way this team plays David Perron uh, when they play against him and, there's a. It seems like there's a lot of hate. I don't know if you get that feeling too, but oh yeah, yeah. I
0: get like Jackman, like him and Jackman had have had a run in almost every. Time.
1: and Steen almost got in a fight once. Uh, yeah, it was earlier so, this season.
0: Yeah, I think it was at the season. I think it was yeah, before I mean, he got it, traded.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it I think was it, was it was Edmonton. Yeah, and yeah, it's just you know I don't know if if that was so much a shake up move as it was. This guy is kind of a cancer to our locker room, and you know we've kind of seen what he's done in Pittsburgh, which has been nothing. Nothing. So. Yeah. I mean, to try and wrap it up as quick as I can. Basically, I I would like to see that changed. I am disappointed in the fact that all of the assistant coaches are coming back. I think guys like Kirk Muller, um, uh, goalie coach, was he uh, Corsi, uh, Corsi. Jim Corsi, Corsi. Yeah, uh, I, I think those guys deserve a pass. I mean, they've only been here a year. One year. Yeah. But you know, Brad Shaw, Ray Bennett, they've outlasted multiple coaches. Two now. coaches. Since 2006, this is around their third coach. If Hitchcock would have left and they would have stayed, they would have lasted through three coaches, which is unheard of for an assistant coach staff. So, I mean, you I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like when a new coach comes in, that includes Davis Payne, that includes Ken Hitchcock, they want to hire their own guys. You know, you constantly, I mean, look at uh, Mike Babcock.
0: He's Yeah, the only, in the only guy. That, yeah, the only guy that's been sort of moved out was you know, who's brought in and moved out was uh, Gary Agnew last year. Yes, Yeah That's the only. I mean, that's the only assistant, which I think that was kind of precipitated because that was a Hitchcock guy, right? If I'm not oh, wrong. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. It so, was. so that, and then he brought in Muller as in like a fresh voice, I think.
1: And him and Muller have a good relationship, and I think they coach a very similar style. So, I, again, I'm fine with Muller being there. He's got a lot of experience, uh, and I think it would help out this team. He's not far removed from being a, a former player himself. So, in fact, the guys fought Barrett Jackman uh, within a couple of years ago. So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I just, just wish there would have been a change. I don't like our defensive strategy as much as I used to. I, I feel that maybe that's Hitchcock, maybe it's Brad Shaw, uh, Ray Bennett has constantly had the power play taken away from him and given back to him. Um, I mean, to me, it just shows ineptitude and, uh, they're still there. So maybe we'll see one of those changes to the core I was hoping for, but, uh, not too happy with every face behind the bench coming back next season.
0: Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, that's a uh, very much my thoughts too, but we'll go into that in a little bit. Let's get into some, uh, front office, uh, signing slash change uh, for the first time under, uh, Doug Armstrong, he's going to have an assistant general manager. That's based in St. Louis. He's had Chris a general manager. Correct. <laughs> Get rid of them all. They're all gone. <laughs> he trades every day. He trades every other game. Yes. But, uh, why not? But, uh, Mark Tambroder has been named assistant GM and has signed a three year contract. So what do you think of the move?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I like it. I, uh, the guy knows the players very well. I mean, you got to figure there's not going to be a lot of turnover this summer, again, as much as some fans are asking for. But, uh, you know, he's he's a smart guy. He's proven to know the game pretty well. I mean, he's one of the greatest players to ever step on the ice. Um, So he's going to have that kind of mentality, which I think is great. Um, Everyone was kind of surprised he didn't go back to New Jersey, which I was too, but – Look I was. At, I think
0: the setup, like you're going to say, the setup, I think, in New Jersey has changed.
1: Yes, I think uh, with Ray Shiro, I don't know if he's got a problem with him, but the timing was interesting. It was within mm-hmm. days Shiro was named GM that our, uh, Brodeur signed to stay in St. Louis. So, I mean, maybe three years he goes back, but uh, I, I think he was kind of – my thought was that he was expecting Lamarillo to stay as GM and then him go over there and be the assistant GM and then learn from him and then within three, four, five years become the GM of the New Jersey Devils. I think with Shiro stepping in as the full-time GM, I think he thinks there's a possibility that's never going to happen for him. So decided to stay here where he knows the organization almost just as well. And it uh, seems like he every time I saw him, he was right next to Al McInnis or Brett Hall or um, – uh, Doug Armstrong. So I, I feel like he's got a very good relationship with the people here in St. Louis. So I'm okay with it. I think it's a good move.
0: Yeah, I really like it. Um, now I think it's going to be very good for our, not only Jake Allen, maybe Brian Elliott. That's not somebody that you're looking over your shoulder at. It's somebody you can actually now learn from and not have that pressure of, well, this guy may take my job type thing. So now you're going to be able to, you know, maybe soak it in better learn some, uh, you know, valuable knowledge that you can apply to your game now, especially like stick handling is my thing. I think both our goalies are average to below average in that thing, and I think that would help tremendously for the, the transition game.
1: Plus, we've seen, uh, especially with what happened in Florida earlier this season, and and this is
0: probably didn't factor
1: too much into it. But you got to figure uh, he's a great emergency backup. You know, I Correct. mean, look, look at what happened with they brought in the goalie coach they in Florida, and that was just a whole mess. They had to keep an injured goalie in. Yeah, you know, maybe at the end of this season, if it happens in March, Brodor hasn't strapped the pads on in a professional game in in over a year, but I would still be okay having him back there if we absolutely needed to, rather than some dude off the street or Darren Pang from the booth.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think it's going to be – I know that would be a definitely a, a plus. So I think it's a good move. Uh, it's a good thing that he'll be around for a few years. Uh, learn the front office stuff. And I think he's going to, like uh, Armstrong said, he's going to be involved in player contracts. He's going to be involved in any kind of organizational uh, on the ice kind of uh, decision. So he's going to be involved in all aspects of like, so he might have a voice in shaping this team, which he was there, you know, maybe not learning stuff that they didn't uh, see. So it's very interesting. Yeah, so. I think
1: he, he really wants to be there too. I think a lot of times players retire and they kind of just want like a cushy office job, um, you know, something that'll just kind of bring him to retirement. Uh, I feel like Brodeur is as weird as it might sound, he's not done, like he's not finished. He, he doesn't yeah. want a cushy job. He wants to still be in the depths of the organization and uh, helping make big decisions. And uh, you got to love that as a player. I mean, uh, there's been some... Questionable former players brought in as assistants and GMs and assistant coaches that haven't panned out for teams across the board. But uh, I think this is a good move for any team who wants a, a guy who's willing to basically accept any position within the organization to where he knows he's going to work every day.
0: Yeah. So I really like the move. So let's go into a uh, prospect signing real quick. And uh, <laughs> sorry, my daughter's right here distracting me. So. Uh, Jordan Smaltz has finally signed with the Blues. Um, he's going to forego his senior year at North Dakota, and it looks Woo-hoo. like he, yeah, he is going. Looks like he is going to be either in Chicago or possibly, depending on you know, depending on a training camp and how prepared this guy is, could see him on the Blues next year. Which I they really don't think the Blues would do that unless he has a tremendous training camp. He may maybe a nine game tryout maybe if there's an injury or something, but I really think you'll probably see him in Chicago. Maybe, maybe, maybe the first call up. So he's a first round pick back in 2012, uh, 25th overall. So, um, what do you think of the signing, Jeff?
1: Uh, I love it. I'll admit, um, I was actually already working on something I was going to write about, uh, the, uh, the case to trade him because, uh, I was afraid he was going to pull the Justin Schultz. uh, Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah, that's really becoming rampant. I think that within five years we're going to see a couple more uh, rule changes from the NHL on NCAA players. But, uh, yeah, I I was afraid of that, and and I'm glad that didn't happen. I really could see him. I I seriously was like 90% sure he was going to do his senior year, become a free agent, sign with the Blackhawks so he could play with his brother, uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So glad that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a good signing. I mean, he's a, a good puck mover. I've heard that he's I've, – I've gotten a mixed bag of reviews on him. I've yep. heard that he is going to be an elite defenseman in the NHL because he's been elite in the NCAA. But I've also heard that he's taken a step back uh, from good sources. So really, though, what, what it comes down to is – can he play in the NHL? There's we've seen NCAA players that were so-so and were good, but then they stepped into the NHL and played lights out and played great.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: someone that I kind of think of, Tyler Johnson. He was NCAA, wasn't he?
0: Yes, yeah, he was NCAA, and so in the the flip Donald of that, Johnson. yeah, correct. In the flip of that one, you could say where they had done extremely well in NCAA and then have not put it together NHL. Uh, TJ Hensick. Yes, so, so you can look at it both ways. For so sure. hopefully, so you look at it each way. So it's a good example on Tyler Johnson.
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's it's uh, it's a good signing, and I I I don't know. I'm kind of on the, the fence with where he's going to be. I think I agree with you. I think he's probably going to be in the AHL, but um, and and I hate to be one of those guys because I know that everybody loves to rag on Gunnarsson, but I have to ask, how much worse could he be than Carl Gunnarsson? You know, I, mean, I agree. He's going to be at least at the same level as him, plus way, way cheaper. Um, but the thing you have to worry about with that is, do you put him in the NHL too soon to where he never progresses into the player you think he can be?
0: Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of things. So I, I think the Blues will probably take a step back, especially with having a pretty good team in front of us. I think they'll definitely – this year will be he'll be handled very cautiously. He might maybe see a few games with the Blues. Maybe, like I said, a nine-game tryout type thing. But uh, overall, I think you'll see um, him in, you know, develop his game in AHL for at least a year. Um, I think I think of his ceiling, which I've read different things to. Um, I see him as he'll be like a Kevin Shattenkirk. He'll be definitely like a point producer, a good second-pairing guy that uh, I think you can definitely rely on. So
1: I've gotten some comparisons to Chris Russell, who I think is a good defenseman. I think he's yeah. very underrated.
0: Correct. So I really like. Uh, so that's a good signing. So the Blues have another, It's good to have another prospect, at least an elite uh, defensive prospect in the uh, system for once. It seems like we haven't had one of those since uh, Petrangelo. So yep. it's nice to have one of those again. So.
1: Yeah, he was pretty much our only prospect going into the 2014 draft. So uh, it's nice to see him kind of graduating a little bit, and now we can focus our prospect watches more on uh, the Barbashevs and. Uh, some of those other guys, the uh, the
0: uh, fabrics and
1: what's the well Fabry, but he'll probably be up. But uh, our, the goalie Sunstrom, is that his name? Lin, Nicholas uh, lunch, L- Lundstrom.
0: Lundstrom.
1: Lundstrom. Yeah. So yeah, we can yeah. focus more on those kind of guys in terms of guys that uh, probably won't be on the roster next year, but uh, very soon.
0: Like uh, Jordan Bennington will probably won't Bennington. be up at all. Yeah. So so a lot of so there's a lot of a uh, and like Joel Edmondson, I think is someone you might see uh, as he might actually be the first call up. Depending on how they, the Blues really liked him, and they really liked the uh, Colton. I'm gonna mess his name up. Greco Greco yep. So they both apparently he, they both very impressed greatly to the point where they were pretty much the first defensive pairing in Chicago last year.
1: My yeah, I heard, my only time. knock that I've heard on Edmondson is that he needs to work on his foot speed, but apparently he's a he's a smart player positionally. He's a decent hitter and uh, carries a bomb from the point. So uh, yeah, yes. that'd be a nice addition if if he could work on that speed a little bit. Yep.
0: Yeah. So let's get into our last uh, bit of news, I guess, from the blues is uh, the re-signing of Ken Hitchcock. So
1: Let's hear your thoughts know. first, Jason. What do you think uh, about it?
0: Let's go. The one-year deal is what he signs. Now, obviously terms not disclosed, but my uh, money wise, I am pretty much fine with it. Under, I was under the hoping that you would change the associate coaches around him. And that really didn't happen, which that more annoyed me more than bringing Hitchcock back. So I really was hoping they would uh, change that up, and they didn't. I'm fine with Hitchcock as coming back for one year. And people are going to say, always oh, a lame duck coach again. The players aren't going to respond. Well, it's not going to be the same players anymore. Um, Armstrong said there's still going to be change at uh, the Hitchcock press conference, press conference. So I am under the guise that there is – been meetings. There has been numerous different things going on where they have a general idea of what they want to do going into the next season. So I, I gotta say, guys, that pretty much Tarasenko is pretty much the only guy who's not going to get traded. Maybe it's somebody like Schwartz, and you know some of the younger guys, the new core guys for Trangelo. But overall, it's going to be, um, you know, somebody from a quote unquote like he's the old core. I really, really think that David Backus has a legit possibility of getting um, traded this offseason because he is due four point five million this year, which is fine, but he's unrestricted next year. he will be thirty-one years old, and with somebody who's kind of put a lot of, you know, a lot of miles on that body. He's he's a, he's a big man who plays a big man game. Simple as that. But can you give somebody like that six or seven million dollars over, you know, four or five years? And I think
1: it, I think it, we're overlooking the biggest changes that can be made here, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm expecting them to change the Scott Trade Center food. Uh, I think we're going to see Pepsi switch to Coke.
0: RC Cola at uh, like the Dome.
1: RC Cola, I could see that. Uh, maybe you see an Emos put in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that they could were, change
1: well, the, uh, their- the culture of this uh, Scott mm-hmm. Trade Center.
0: Yeah, that could do it. I oh, mean, I think this off season. I, I mean, every time the Blues have been out of the playoffs, I mean, there's always been that sense of, you know, uh, disappointment and being upset. But I, this year felt like there was a true like anger, like I never seen Blues where uh, almost, a, almost a borderline hate, like towards the St. Louis Blues this year. Where I thought the Blues had a good chance this year. I truly did, and I think it was an effort thing this year. I like watching those games. Out of those 6 games, I can really point to one game where I really saw a good effort from the Blues. Even with the game 2 when they won, they didn't play like the best game. You know, it was like a it was a like a okay game. Dubnick let in a couple of shady ones, but overall the Blues out of 6 games played one good game. That's something that can't happen in the playoffs. You're supposed to play better in the playoffs, not not regress to like a game in December. That's what I see playing some nights.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, the game that I point to and, and some people made a, a case for what they said after game two, but game three was the one that just really.
0: That was me, shut, the shutout game, right? I mean, I,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I picked the while to win the series for a reason because the blues do that. They, they went into game three and, and I don't know if you can read too much into this or not, but they always, whenever they go on a road trip, they always say something along these lines, and that's, you know, oh, if we can just get one win in Minnesota, uh, we'll come back with a, with you know, two or three in St. Louis. And no, your your mentality needs to be, we need to win both of these effing games in Minnesota, and then close it out in Game Five in St. Louis. Um, that is what bothered me, and I'm not saying that they went into Game Three saying. All right, guys, let's take it easy tonight, save all our energy for game four, and then we'll close this out in six games in uh, Minnesota. What I'm saying is they didn't seem like they had that will to win uh, even before the game started. Uh, Then the game started, and they were just – they were a a grease fire on the ice. I mean, I'm not even kidding. The Buffalo Sabres could have stepped in in the Blues' place and played a better game in game three. They were. And and the thing was, the Wild, yeah, they had good puck possession, but there was multiple times where there was missed passes by the Wild uh, and just terrible shots that went completely wide. A good team turns around and turns that into an opportunity for their team. They break out of their zone. We've seen the Blues have some great breakouts in the past, and there was none of that in that game. And that, that was the game where I said, I am glad I picked the Wild because there's absolutely no way the Blues are going to win this series. And... Because you just can't have games like that in the postseason. And I also look at the Western Conference final. That has been some of the best hockey we've seen in years. I think that's been the that's better than any Blackhawks Kings matchup we've seen in years. I mean, it it's been so much fun to watch. It's been a throw ride from from the first puck drop to the end. Um and I, I you know, I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm included in this. Uh, they can't see their own team playing that style just because they've never seen it. But it doesn't mean that it can't happen. So I'm not saying the Blues can't play that type of game, but they've never given us an opportunity to see them play that type of game. I mean, you look at, uh, what was it, Game 2 that went three overtimes?
0: Yeah, so there was Game 2 that went, that went far.
1: Yeah, I mean... Can you see the blues surviving three overtimes with a team like Chicago or Anaheim at this point? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and, and and again, it's not because they can't, it's because they've showed us that they can, if they could just come out with some fire in a playoff game and just go end to end and be able to score these quick goals and uh, you know, the wild score. And then they bounce right back and score a goal real quick. That gives you the hope that they could play in a game like that, but they've, they don't. They just don't. They, they give up a goal. We saw it in game five when uh, Tarasenko, I believe it was, scored the opening goal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Jason Zucker scored uh, that really bad goal on Allen.
0: Oh, yeah, the backhander, I think it was. When
1: that, yeah. When that puck went in the net again was when I was like, yep, this is any, any thought I had of the Blues winning this series after game three is now gone again because – they do not come back from goals like that. Yes, Allen needs to make that save, but, oh, man, this team, they just – they they lack that desire to, sit, to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and say, hey, guys, we gave up that weak goal, fine. Let's just go out there and score another one. You just don't see that type of will from this team. Once that goal went in, it deflated the rest of the series for the Blues, and they were done. And uh, that's the kind of thing that needs to change in this team.
0: Yep. and is that, that leadership?
1: Is, what do you think that is? That leadership see, is that coaching? What do you think that's that? What, is? That's
0: what I bounce back and forth on. And it's the coach's job to motivate and put in a structure for the team, and it's up to the players to execute and you know respond to that structure and motivation. And part of me, like watching, like I haven't gone back and watched any of those games since the uh, since the last uh, you know when they our last podcast since the game was over pretty much, I just kind of, sh- I, sh- I didn't watch until the conference finals. I shut out the second round because I just couldn't take it because I was really well, wasn't that great. Of hockey, so you didn't miss much, which is what I heard, which is great. <laughs> so, but you know, watching that, you could see that parts of watching the Chicago to Anaheim series has been really good hockey. And it's shown me that the blues are not ready. And from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, um, There's just something missing, and I keep trying to go back and forth on what it is. And the thing I'm going to settle on is a player. It's up to the players right now. Um, It starts at the lead. I'm going with leadership, basically, to answer your question. Um, Not saying it's David Backus, but it's not, it falls on just more than the captain. There has to be the other guys like there's Steen, Oshie, uh, at the time Jackman was there. So, I mean, there's other guys that need to respond, and they didn't um, for one thing or another. It's the new core, old core thing that's been bouncing around the internet that people are saying who knows but uh i think at the end of the day um there's nobody better once babcock was gone the blues apparently did or did not there's mixed reports saying that they went after babcock Uh, i think they did lightly but maybe not as much as the media says um but there's nobody better than him out there outside of uh babcock so the blues stuck with hitchcock which which i was fine with
1: the only other one that I would argue with you that on is uh, McClellan.
0: I wouldn't have minded it because he's called, he came from a Babcock, you know, so the uh, um, coaching philosophy is there. So I wouldn't mind. I I was like kind of on the same page, like I wanted McClellan, but yet he couldn't take the Sharks who had a similar structured team than us. You know, so I was – I, I kind of leaned – I actually thought Bilesma for a while, but then as I read up more and more on Bilesma – it just seemed like he was – kind of got a fortunate situation.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Bosma guy at all. So, I, I would so. not have been happy with that. I thought he was – he even said he was completely outcoached in the Olympics. And to me, that's a, that's a big stage. And if you're completely outcoached there, you know, how you know, much you can do you an need team. an NHL team?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, – like you said, I'm leaning towards a culture change, like on the ice for the Blues. It's going to be players getting moved to – you know, wherever. I think it needs to, do. honestly, I'm not advocating for it, but I think I I'd be up, wouldn't be opposed to looking to see what you get for uh, David Backus type of guy.
1: Well, and, and let me kind of jump back on a point you made, something about motivation. It's the coach's job to motivate, and I agree to a certain extent, but for me, how much motivation do these guys need? They're NHL players. They've been through the dirt. They've been through the, the crappy leagues, the uh, the bus rides, the the juniors, the colleges, having to go to class on top of going to school. I mean, whatever way they took to get to the NHL, that's motivation enough to me. Like, if you can't motivate yourself to get up for a, a playoff game, yeah, what are you? Wrong. What the hell are you doing in the NHL? You don't belong there. Do and you,
0: oh, sorry, I'm going inter- to interject go real quick. Do you buy the theory that? Um, where it's like a boy band culture type thing where like Oshie, Berglund, Bacchus, those guys were the resurgence of the Blues so they can do no wrong so they feel like they're safe and just doing, you know, they're still obviously trying. It's not like they're, but there's also no fear of them like they're ever getting trading. They're like, well, we're the faces of the of this team so we're not going anywhere type thing. I you think, think, there, it, think there's something to that, or if it's just...
1: small bit of that, but I think a lot of that, and even though I kind of am contradictory right now, I think a small bit of that left with Perron, because he was kind of like the real big, Like even though the team didn't seem to like him that much, he was the guy that it seemed like even Andy Murray was kind of banking on being the next guy. And and uh, when the, when he left, I think that was kind of a... Yeah, like I guess you know, not liked in the locker room, but still a, a guy that could put up 30 goals gets traded. I think that kind of disappeared a little with that. I think honestly, and I hate to say this because I'm probably going to get shot uh, in while I'm sleeping one night for saying this. Um, I blame the St. Louis Cardinals, and you want to know why? Go for not, it. Not not the Cardinals particularly, but the Cardinals have created this persona. Of their team, which it's completely deserved that they are the best and that they're they deserve the best and they uh you know everyone there is is kind of safe because they have proven to be winners and, and as I said it's justified i mean they they have won they've and they have gone, come through maybe. they've gone to World Series as they've battled hard in the playoffs yes their playoffs are nothing like the NHL playoffs but they've still battled and showed that they are winners um I honestly feel like and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't pay attention enough to the Rams to know if they're the same way. I feel like the Blues have kind of taken that on themselves, that they are this elite team. And, oh, we're a sports team in St. Louis, one of the best sports towns. So, you know, obviously we're like royalty here when it's like you haven't earned it. You know, the Blues have not earned that right to say that. And and nope. again, I'm, I'm not saying these players are actually coming out and saying that I'm just saying, just uh, watching me be something
0: behind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just feel like there's, there's a mentality that, that it's okay. Like that we lost because we're the blues and we're still going to draw 19 150 most nights. And, you know, we're still going to make the playoffs next year and we're going to be fine, you know? And it's like, no, because you're not the Cardinals. You haven't proved Diddly squat. I almost uh, threw enough word there. I shouldn't Oh, so you're
0: fine. Back. Yeah, you would have been fine.
1: But yeah, I mean it's it to me that's part of it. And and you know, I again I'm not really actually blaming the Cardinals. I'm just saying that uh that and seems culture, to be the persona okay. with this team. Yeah, I gotcha. and again, that leads back to I think what needs to happen is a culture change. So you said you said David Back is possibly getting traded. What would you think? And a lot of people are talking about this about him just losing the C and
0: staying with the team? No, it's something I just, I think it just, as much as a C is kind of like, I just, a, I don't know. It's important, but at the same time, it's kind of just there. I mean, you can have guys who are technically leaders and the captain type thing. Like, for example, like Martin St. Louis on the Rangers right now, like you can look at him as pretty much like the captain type thing, but, you know, it's technically, isn't it a McDonough? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, our stall, I can't remember which one it was. So, yeah, McDonough. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's a ceremonial thing per se, but I, don't, I think it's something that if you do that, it could mess with in you know, players sometimes mentally or just so fragile on certain things. And the Blues have proven to kind of be that way. So I'm not saying it's personally David Backus, but if it's something like that happens, it could rattle a locker room. And who knows what, it, you know, how you put it, say you take the C, moving from Backus to let's say Schwartz. So let's just say because they wanted on a younger guy or whatever. I just don't. It's something that I, I think is just if you're going to us, either he's a captain or you trade the captain away. And that, yeah, that's I, and that's your message that you send. It's one of the I other. agree.
1: I, I mean, I, I would love to say take away the, the – because, uh, you know, you saw Chris Pronger uh, back in the day when he came back from injury. They gave the seat to McKinnis and uh, he uh, – He ended up coming back, and they were going to give him back the C, and he said, no, I just want to focus on my game. Let Al be the captain. And really, I don't know if you remember, I believe that was 2002,
0: 2003. It sounds all
1: right. Could be wrong on that. But really, you kind of saw Pronger, I thought, play a lot better. Uh, He came back from injury with a vengeance, and just, I mean, he was great. I'm not saying he was bad before. Obviously, he won a heart trophy before that. But, uh, I don't know, you just saw him play, uh, play his game a little more. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that would happen for Backus, but, you know, I, I would think that that would be in a perfect world the best thing is you take away that responsibility of having to, to go talk to the refs and having to talk to the media after games. Um, but it's, this isn't a perfect world. I think you take away the C that's, that's kind of a shun. I mean, look at what happened in San Jose. I mean, they've got yeah, two Dallas. former captains on their roster now. There's turmoil constantly Thornton's getting in fights with the GM publicly. I mean, it's it's not a, a pretty situation. So I don't want to see that happening either. I have, you know, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but I have always said that David Backus should not be this team's captain. Uh, I think he he puts the team on his back in a wrong way. Um, I think that when they get down uh, in a game and, and, you know, let's say they, they give up a goal late um, – I think he looks at that as it's his fault. So he gets angry and upset. And that's why you see him take those stupid penalties at the end of
0: games. Yeah. Uh, like the it, game. Was it two? Game one, one, I think the one game one, where we uh, we're down what he three, to one the guy right in the game. face off. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah.
1: That's the kind of stuff that I cannot stand as a captain. You cannot do that. I mean, even Shane Doan, he's kind of a similar player to, to David Backus. He's mm-hmm. obviously done some questionable hits in his time, but, When they go down a goal, I rarely see him pull some crap like that. I mean, that's something that captains cannot do, but he does. But anyway, I agree with you. I don't think you can just take it away. I think you'd have to move him, and it's a shame that we'd have to see Backus move because I think he can be an effective player uh, even in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, you look at it, I think it was the first playoff year. uh, I want to say he had four points. No, it wasn't the first year because that was against Vancouver. Yeah, 2011-2012. Uh, I yeah, want to say actually, you had four yeah. or five points in that, in that uh, uh, what is that, ten games
0: they played? Yeah. Nine games. Nine games, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. So, you know, I think he can be effective. It's just a matter of uh, getting something good for him if you're going to move him. But if not, you're just going to have to keep him as captain and hope that he can uh, level his head out a little bit.
0: Yep. So uh, there's going to be changes uh, along the way. So we'll see what happens. So, do you want to hear my uh, NHL 15 trades? That yes, I, made up? I would love to so, hear them. So this is my like. I just like, I just love to do stupid stuff like this. It, it entertains me. I have more fun playing, uh, not even playing NHL 15, just playing the GM mode. I rarely play actual games. Believe it or not, it's ridiculous.
1: I don't blame so, you. I do the same thing sometimes. So I
0: just like run through and just try to make a dynasty. So I was just kind of messing around, uh, via looking at who's available. What can you guys do? Where are you at the cap? So here's where I kind of went with a couple of things. So you ready for my ridiculous NHL 15 trades? Always ready, sir. So this is, of course, like never going to happen trades because one guy is definitely not available. So I am a big fan of uh, one of these guys, so it kind of hurts me to do this. But uh, my trade is to send uh, T.J. Oshie and Jake Allen to the New Jersey Devils for Corey Schneider and a draft pick probably of some sort.
1: Okay. Say that one more time. Oshi for.
0: Oshi and Jake Allen.
1: Oh, and Allen. Okay.
0: And Allen. You can possibly, because I don't think Allen would accept, uh, I don't think Elliot would either, but you can go Elliot or I would say Elliot just for a hell of it. Cause I think I have to work to make the cap work. Okay. So let's go with Elliot. So Elliot and uh, TJ Oshi two New Jersey Devils four. Corey Schneider. capitalize you're looking about the same. Okay. So capitalize you're looking about the same. I always like Schneider. That's just so – that's my hang-up. So I just really think he's young. He signed to – I think I see six years, about six mil left on each year. Um, there's no, For my knowledge, no, no trade clause. So.
1: Well, that could work uh, for so that could work.
0: I think his numbers, if you put it on a good team, I think he would be excellent.
1: And I've said, too, that I think Oshi. Is a player that someone like New Jersey could really use because uh, they struggle in shootouts. And yeah, that's one of the reasons I, was, I look that way. I think it was two years ago they didn't they didn't win one game in shootouts, and I think if yeah. they would have won half, they would have made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it was it half or like three or four or something like yeah. that. I know they barely so, missed. So.
1: so yeah, I think that a team like New Jersey would love to get a player like Oshi, but uh, I will say that it seems like. New Jersey is completely sold on Schneider, which I don't blame him. So,
0: oh, 100%. It, like I said. It would
1: take a lot more to pry him away from New Jersey.
0: Correct. This is what goes through at NHL 15. Yes. So <laughs> so, so we're going to go with that. Okay. So, to, uh, so you have that hole up front. So my new uh, top line that I make now, so you move Bacchus to your wing and move Stastny up to your top line. So you go Steen, Stastny, Bacchus. So you keep your second line of... Uh, excuse me, that's TL line. Keep that there, which is fine. So your third line is going to look a little different. Here's, uh, I want to interject some more speed into the lineup. So one guy that I really liked at the end of the season who was responsible for part of the reason of the Ottawa Senator surge was a uh, Mike Hoffman. Yeah, I was a big fan of him. I thought he had a knack for scoring, has some good speed, Still young. He's an RFA this year. So uh, from reading just different things about what the centers are kind of looking for, they're looking for, they need some more. Uh, they said they need some more centers, like better centers. Cause I'm um, they, they really didn't like Alex chase on from the uh, Jason Spezza trade. So no other land. I'm trading my other very favorite player, Patrick Berglin and his salary to the Ottawa senators, along with man, maybe the draft pick we got from New Jersey or, you know, maybe a prospect of some sort, whoever you want to pick. Pick a prospect, like a high-end prospect. Maybe not a ratty, but maybe you're looking at like a uh, – maybe Yanni Hockenpah or something like that. Somebody that's a decent – I think it's player.
1: hard to consider him a high-end prospect. No, nah, not
0: high-end. I think, maybe Edmondson. Let's say Edmondson just because. Okay. And yet get those two up to Ottawa for Mike Hoffman. So then the Blues – I was kind of banking on one guy re-signing, which we didn't really talk about, which I should have brought this up, but it hasn't been confirmed, so I didn't want to kind of leave it out there. It looks like Vladimir Saboka is not coming back this year, and he is staying in the KHL for one more year.
1: I mean, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, that, that was the whole off-season plan was to bring back Saboka
0: For about this half team, the people on the STL Today forums, that was pretty much the off-season plan. Bring him this, back. Stand this screwed. So, yes, a guy whose career high is less than 10 goals. Is going to save this team. You know it. Yeah, like you said, you said in a past podcast, St. Louis does love their grinders.
1: Oh yeah, so. I mean it's it you know it's a it's an important position, but you look at a team like uh, you know uh, trying to think of an example, Tampa Bay, they don't have a ton of grinders on their team, and yeah. think where they're at.
0: you can look at Boyle as probably their grinder type guy. Yeah, you know, but he's but he's a good PKer. So anyway. Well, so. Okay, yeah, anyway. so is that, is
1: that all your moves?
0: No, let's see. What was my last one? Oh, yeah, so my third-line center move. I was going to say you possibly could plug Svok in there, but somebody else was actually a former St. Louis Blues draft pick. So he is on the UFA this year, which you're going to have to sign. So depending on how much this guy wants, but I think he'd be the perfect third-line center. Has a Stanley Cup. I believe he won the Cup with Boston. Hey, on. Fine. Let me think yeah.
1: here. Who are you talking about here? Let me Harvard. think.
0: Former Blues draft pick. Oh, uh,
1: Carl Soderbergh.
0: Correct. That's who I was going with as the third line center. So your third line is going to be uh, Yaskin on the right, move Hoffman on the left. And if you want to sign Soderbergh, I mean, I'm leaving room for injuries here. Mind you, I have no problem putting Robbie Fabry into your third line center, but I think it's way too much responsibility for a rookie. So I'm going to let that go and have him as a call-up this year. A lot of people want him on the team immediately, and I'm one of those guys. But I'm playing it safe. Okay. You know, you have injury call up. He's going to be your first guy, or you know, whatever. You need a shake up. Maybe that's where you bring in his uh, Fabry.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon of letting Fabry play on your third line, maybe more as a, a winger.
0: Yeah. Um, because I, originally I was going to move Berglund to center and whatever, but I was going with a culture change thing. So. Well, and
1: you look at you look at just the way teams are kind of stacking themselves up now how they're kind of using cheaper help more on the bottom two lines yeah. uh, rather than having our, having a fourth line getting paid 5 million. <clears throat> yes. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that he'll be a great, I mean, I think he's ready. I really do. I think he's ready for some minimal minutes, maybe 11, 12 minutes a night at most. And um, I'd like to see him on the team next year, but uh, you know, I, obviously I'm not the one making the decisions.
0: Yeah, I, like I said, I like to have him there, but I built in uh, just a – he'll be my injury call-up. And then, I, honestly, I'm letting the defense go because I just don't see an upgrade the Blues could really make unless if a trade comes up. And, and But you're
1: – Are you signing Uh I
0: really like to, but I don't think you can fit him in. And I like, the, and then It depends on what you want to do. You sign McCulloch, you don't bring back Butler. You d- can't bring back McCulloch, you sign Butler. I, I was fine with Chris Butler, honestly. He was a good seventh defenseman, nothing more than that. Plug him in as a cheap, like, you know, 750K, 850K guy. That's on your – he maybe play 30, 40 games at the most, 30 probably at the most. Uh, I was fine with the defense letting it roll. Like, I'm I'm with you on the Gunnarsson thing, 100%. I think Bo Meester is going to bounce back, even though a lot of people are away, they trade that guy after one bad season. I, well, think I, I, it, say, I think
1: I will say I'm on the train bo, trade Bowmeister bandwagon too, but not for that reason. I think yeah. that if you could free up the salary.
0: And oh, I agree there. I agree. If you could,
1: if you could fit – if you could re-sign McCulloch for a little cheaper. I mean, I don't think McCulloch was great, but um, I think that a part of that was joining a new team after a, a pretty substantial injury. Uh, so I'd like to see them give him a little chance. It depends on how much money he's asking, but – I think you'd get him a lot cheaper than Bo Meester. So if you could move Bo Meester and let him go somewhere else and get a decent return, uh, yeah. go ahead and do it because you need to free up money somewhere for Tarasenko. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not on the bandwagon of trade him just because he had one bad season. Uh, I'd say give him, give him a little bit more time. I mean, if it's mid season and you get a good offer for him and he's got three points and is a minus five, then yeah, maybe you, uh, maybe you look to moving him.
0: Yep, I agree. So that was my little, like, shakeup. So you have Snyder and uh, Allen, as your goalies. Defenses staying the same. So you go with Steen, Stasny, Backus, uh, STL Line, uh, Hoffman, Soderberg, Yaskin. And then I have Porter, Ott, Reeves. Porter, Ott, and Reeves. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, I like you, Chris
0: Porter. A lot of people don't like Chris Porter. I, I love Chris Porter. He's, he's one of my he's favorite players, actually. He's, he, that guy actually tries. that's, yep, just why that's I like all him. I ask. And that's he'll play his role. Ford he knows his role. If yeah, he knows his role. He
1: knows his role. If they're skating their butts off, they're checking, they're you know doing whatever they can to keep the puck in the zone, that's all I ask in my fourth line, and he's great at that.
0: Yep, so that's my uh, pretty much spiel for the Blues offseason. We'll see what happens. Uh Got the draft coming up. The Blues do not have a pick until the third round this year, so it's going to be interesting. So, there's been rumors of the Blues wanting to get back into the first round, which means like yeah, that's a guy like Oshie and Backus we'll have to look for. Um, I don't think Steen is getting traded. Honestly, I've heard different things. What do you, you think know, about Elliot? Um, as much, unless you can find an upgrade, honestly, which I, I as much as people don't like the it, he's actually a decent goalie. You know, and it's for cheap, too. A 2.5 is not awful. You know, if we're going to find out that there's nobody like Niemi's like probably the top goalie. And I, he's not as I would say has not looked good the last two years in San Jose. So I don't know if it's a San Jose issue or him issue, which I don't want to take that risk. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think I think they'll keep Elliott uh, if I, basically I think it's up to him. There was a lot of talk after the season that he was going to request a trade. I, I could see it personally, but uh, I could too easily. But if he doesn't and he wants to stay, I think the Blues are happy to have him. Um, I mean, he's proven to be obviously. I mean, he's leader for the Blues and everything at this point in the franchise. So um, yeah, I'm fine with keeping him. Uh, But if they do have to get rid of him, I could see him probably just dumping him off for a draft pick because. Uh, when a player requests a trade, it's, it's kind of hard to, to get a really, really good return for him. Yeah. So I could see them dumping him off. And then, uh, honestly, the goalie that stands out to me as, as a good replacement and people might not enjoy this is Jonas Enroth. I think he'd come somewhat cheap. He's a proven solid backup. Uh, he's been on some really crappy teams uh, in Buffalo and, uh, at Dallas last season. But, uh, Dallas in terms of their defense being crappy, um, so yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a, a really good alternative to Elliott, and that would basically tell Allen that he's the number one. Which I think at this point, uh, unless Elliott's coming in, I think that he is the number one. Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think Allen's the number one anyway, but I could see them still going with him since he pretty much was our playoff starter. Uh, unless Elliot just has a lights out training camp and they decide to go with him,
0: yeah, I'd be curious to see kind of what happens in the off season. If no moves are made, I'd be really curious to see what the training camp looks like with uh Al- Elliot Allen there. So, I think you'll
1: see one or two minor moves at the draft. I think a lot of people are expecting a blockbuster Jordan Stall type trade with the Blues, uh, you know, moving back, us moving OSHI. I don't think you'll see that. I think you might see Elliott moved again because he might request a trade. I could see them trying to dump off an odd or somebody or a Gunnarsson for a draft pick or even a low rounder just so they could free up some money. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think you're going to see a David Backus for the 24th overall pick or something like people are asking for.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, that's, that's a move that a rebuilding team makes, not a team that wants to ascend to the next level. Yep. So yeah, the Blues that. can't
1: afford to get into any bidding wars this summer for any free agents, which not there are any to begin with at this point, but yeah. I mean, they, they don't have the money to, to do what they did last year and go after a guy like Stasny.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're going to have to uh, take it easy this year, I think. There's really no guys out there. Uh, the only person, honestly, I really liked, I mean, Justin Williams, but he's in the twilight of his career. Yeah, he put up some big goals in his career, which – but I don't think he's going to come cheap so which is why you got to stay away.
1: You got to figure too he's a great product of the Kings of system. I mean his really you look at his numbers with the exception of that one playoff where he won the Con Smythe. He really hasn't done that much. I mean yeah, he scores some big goals but in terms of production during a season and uh, really average, just yeah. yeah, I mean he's a very average player but I mean if yeah. you can get him cheap uh, then go for it. Not market. gonna happen. Yeah. No, he's gonna be going for a lot of money. He's just gonna he's gonna bring his con Smythe trophy with him to all of his negotiations and just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. you see this? That's at least four million right there." You know. Oh, so yeah,
0: he made three point one last year, so he's definitely gonna get a raise. Yeah, so. I think so. And you can't. If people are gonna bitch about Berglund's three point seven, they're gonna be bitching about Justin Williams. You know, four point oh, five or five.
1: Whatever he gets is is gonna be way more overpaid than what Berglund's getting. And you look at a guy like. Matt Bolesky, who's going to be hitting the free agent market. That yeah, guy is going, to be most, he is going to be the most overpaid player next year. I, I'm calling it now. He's uh, he. I mean, he had a great year. He's had a great playoff. But, I mean, you look at his stats before this. You look at where he was projected the year he was drafted. I mean, he's he is uh, just a guy on a huge hot streak. I hope I'm wrong because it's fun to root for that guy. But uh, I just don't see it. So, yeah, I mean, if they get a guy like Bolesky – I just hope they don't pay crazy money for it, but I don't think that's going to happen. I could see a team like uh, a team trying to get over the hump to the Stealing Cup final, like Washington or somebody trying to get them.
0: Yeah, or somebody like uh, who needs to get to the cap, like uh, a Buffalo. Or if Toronto was actually not in cap hell, I would say Toronto would be the perfect team to overbid for that guy.
1: I still think they would. I mean, crap. They could just make a couple moves at the draft and free up money, and then uh, you know that could be you know Shanahan and, and Babcock's first big announcement is that they've signed Matt Bolesky a guy who's going to score 12 goals this season
0: yeah I know it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah I think Clarkson's overpaid just wait
1: oh yeah so,
0: yeah so let's uh, go ahead and we'll wrap it up there uh so if you want to get a hold of the podcast you can find us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL or on Facebook look up Blues Hockey Podcast um uh, Personal Twitter is at JPM JPMBluesFan21. Uh, That's a good – I'm going to find the podcast, obviously, on iTunes or on the website, www.blueshockeypodcast.com. Jeff, where can we find you now?
1: Well, uh, still on Twitter at jponder94. Uh, I am still writing over at thehockeywriters.com. Actually, just yesterday – became an editor for the, the hockey writers. Oh, so thank you. I'll be trying to uh, push some more stuff from around that website. We have actually jumped into, I believe uh, we're number two in terms of hockey news websites. Right awesome. now. So that's unbelievable. We just passed hockey buzz, which I am not saying anything bad about hockey buzz at all. Cause they, oh, there are some fun. great writers that have come out of there and there's some great writers there now, but, I'll admit, I am surprised to see that their numbers for views are so high because
0: everyone love rumors, I talk man.
1: to, lo- well, yeah, they love people rumors, love but everyone rumors, I talk man. to talks about how bad of a site it is.
0: I know it's ridiculous. I think it's just everybody loves a rumor, man, and that's yeah. and you got to admit that website is one of the first to start doing hockey rumors, and that's where that's kind of like where people go to, and it's just that's the first website I saw for hockey rumors. I admit I went for a long time, and then when like 1%, less than 1% pretty much was turning out. I was like, wow, this is maybe not as good as I thought it was. Also,
1: too, their, their cap side where they, they have all the players listed kind of like a cap geek,
0: yeah. uh,
1: that's not bad. They actually do a really good job of that, too. So I recommend that for hockey buzz. There, I can talk good about them.
0: There you go. So one, we'll, leave it on the, we'll leave it on positive. So congrats yes. on that. So and it, So as maybe people know, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, as Jeff is no longer a media member as he was in the past. So just moved on in his career, and uh, yes, big so. things.
1: I uh, I guess I should push my uh, full time job, the Total Hockey. So any <laughs> of you, uh, any of you need any hockey equipment, goods, or anything, or uh, whatever, just go to Total Hockey. The uh, to me, and I'm not just saying this because I've been a longtime customer. They've been around since '98. I want to say that I was a customer since 1998.
0: Um, I, was, I actually was just oh, there today. Actually,
1: there you go. What'd you get?
0: Uh, just looking around while my daughter was looking at stuff. So,
1: yeah. so which so, one did you go to?
0: The, uh, mid rivers.
1: Ah, that was the, uh, my old stomping grounds.
0: Yeah. So I uh, was just looking around. It's always fun. To, I, I just like to look around and see the new kind of equipment and stuff. Uh, like I said, I want to start doing ice again. I just can't get the uh, guts up to do it. Yeah. It's so,
1: uh, they got pickup at the mills and stuff. We should, uh, we should go sometime.
0: Yeah. So I definitely want to start doing that. And, uh, Help me get back into a better shape and such. because I think that was one of the things because it makes you work a lot harder.
1: That it does. So <laughs> I want to do
0: that. So uh, 100%. So like we said, find Jeff on Twitter. And also we. I try to do a decent job of uh, sharing his stuff on the uh, Facebook page. So I do my best sometimes. But I try to do it on Twitter a lot. I see it on Twitter and I always retweet. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: And I have not been writing as much about the Blues lately. I've been doing a lot of hockey news type articles uh, around the NHL. Mostly, I guess, right now, focusing on the playoffs. But that'll continue through uh, the off season. So be sure to check those out. And I will get into more. I won't be writing about the Blues every day like I used to, but uh, I will still be pumping some stuff out about them. So don't unfollow me on Twitter unless I annoy you that much.
0: Yeah. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, hopefully, since hopefully if you're free now, since you have less of a little bit less of a responsibility, uh, Jeff might be joining us a little bit more to kind of, uh, you know, get his thoughts on things. And also, you know, Jeff, as m- most people probably know who listen to this podcast, has been one of the people who helped restart uh, Let's Go Blues Radio, which is kind of the forefather to this show. So uh, That's probably true, I guess. I guess it, an offshoot, I guess you could say, as they was said The guys on Beyond Checker Dome last week said so it was like an offshoot of your of uh let's go blues radio, which I didn't think of it that way until I kinda of really thought about it. And technically, yes.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's really I guess Beyond Checker Dome and Loose Chicklets is the only two podcasts I really haven't been on. I know they've talked about me on both, which uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I think uh,
0: I think good on both to my knowledge. Yeah,
1: no, I know the Beyond Checker guys beyond Checker Dome guy's real good real well. Uh, real good, man. I'm a writer too.
0: Yeah, I know. Look at that go. Woo! Uh,
1: no, they uh, they're they're real good guys, and I've uh, I've met uh, Crosscheck Ray's a couple times already, and he's a he's a great dude. So yeah, check those out too. And and obviously, uh, let's go blues radio. Uh, Kurt does a does a great job over there. Um, the sound quality for that show is just fantastic. With the uh, the opening that they have, and that's yeah, uh,
0: fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he he works hard too. I mean, I. As I said, uh, I used to run that show, and, and my goodness, that was uh, that's a full time job in itself. So, what you guys do, Jason? I know you're the same. It's uh, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot easier to just pop on when, like you you texted me earlier this week. Hey, you want to do a show Saturday? Sure, absolutely, no prep, and just jumped on, and uh, so much easier than having to set the show up itself. So, uh, good things to you, Jason, uh, as well as Kurt. And then whoever's doing it over on the other two shows as well. You guys do nice work.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they've kept going on things. We kind of slowed down. So that's how we do in the summer. We get busy. So that's all good. So we appreciate everyone listening as we, like, have passed kind of a lot of expectations. Someone we kind of thought going into this. So uh, I thank everybody for that. We're up to a lot of different people. I think on Twitter, it's like we're past 500 now. On Facebook, we're over 500 as well. Uh, the listens have gone up every week, so I'm really appreciative of everybody and all very support. So we'll leave it there. So uh, hopefully we're going to look at doing a draft special. So we'll go from there. So maybe if Jeff's available, maybe you come over watch the draft, me and Chris. And we oh, could
1: that it. could be fun.
0: Yeah, we might just let the uh, let the laptop go and just uh, talk about everything that happens that night. So we we'll have like a three hour podcast. Oh boy, that'll be good. So thanks everybody for listening. See you next time. See you later.